fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Well, we've been fucking around enough here. Took us a long time to get going. Here we are. The around has been thoroughly fucked. Yes. So this week we're going to... Oh, fuck. Hey, you know what? This is Sharks Across Hollywood. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way first. This week we're going to talk about Get Out, directed by Jordan Peele and written by him as well. And because we're celebrating the release of his new movie called Us, which, which looks fucking awesome. I, I haven't seen a single preview. I don't need to be sold on this movie. If Jordan Peele's writing and directing, I'm there. End of story. I was already sold, but then all the reviews started coming out and it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and shit. I'm like, all right, well, good. Doesn't surprise me one bit. As I said earlier, I started watching the special feature on the Blu-ray and there's an interview with fuck is it Michael Bloom or something the guy who runs Bloomhouse I can't remember his first name but anyway that guy he's talking about how Jordan came at him and was was talking about the the similarities between comedy and horror and how it comes down to timing and oh yeah, uh, yeah. and all these different things and he's like, and that's what sold me. I was like, dude, what sold me was just watching Key and Peele. Like, <laughs> if you watch Key and Peele, you can tell that that he has an extraordinary understanding of the horror genre. He is clearly a huge horror fan. And all like it, that show is so delightfully nerdy about horror that there was never a question. Once I heard he was doing a horror movie, I was like, oh, this this is going to be one of the best horror movies I've seen in a long time. I like I knew it just because it's so clear from watching that show what a huge horror nerd he is. I never. I never watched it. I've only seen like bits and pieces. Well, it's of it. an excellent. Yeah. It's an excellent show. One of the one of the best sketch comedy shows of all time. You have to watch it. I heard. I saw the commercials when I was watching Tosh Point oh and stuff, but I never. <laughs> I never actually got around to watching it. As funny as and Tosh Point oh is funny. I'm not going to try and pretend like it's not funny. Doesn't hold a candle. It's just Daniel Tosh being a douche in front of a green screen. That's yeah. I mean, pretty I, much which he's is. good at. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> he, he's he's that's definitely plays to his skill set. I actually own the complete Key and Peel on DVD. Uh, oh, nice. If you ever want to borrow it. Everybody, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a hard time this week. I'm sick. I've I've been dodging the cold for months, and it's now re- it's really gross. He's just got snot running down his face. His beard is all crusted. It's uh, it's fucking disgusting. It's true. I don't know if anybody can tell just by listening, but I'm having a hard time like breathing <laughs> while I'm talking because I can't breathe through my nose. Good times. So it might get a little sniffly. <sighs> It, it's it's certainly not all the coke he has laid out in front of him right now. There is a coke can. There's an empty coke can sitting right over there that I I drank and finished, set on the floor, and I knocked it over. And I'm just a lazy piece of shit, and I just can't be bothered to like clean up after myself. Hitting a little close to home there, buddy. It's what happens when you don't live with your mom, guys. Sometimes I call her and I'm like, Mom, you want to drive six hours so you can fucking clean my room for me? I'll bet she's just immediately on board. And if my mom was the type, she'd say, go fuck yourself. But... <laughs> She doesn't say that. I know she thinks it a lot, but... Of course she does. I feel like she'd almost be one of the people in this movie. Oh, yes. My grandma would totally be one of the people in this movie. Because one of the notes that I made, and one of the things that I use to describe the characters when I'm trying to tell people about this movie, is like they're so not racist that they circle right around to being... Full-on racist. Yeah, in like a completely different way. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And I was listening, I I listened to the commentary, like I watched it, I think, twice last week, because we were supposed to do this last week, and then everybody else got sick, so whatever. But I was trying to be really prepared, now I'm fucked in the head and not prepared at all because i've had a it's been a rough couple weeks since we last got together maybe i'll maybe i'll dive into that if i feel like ranting about stuff please Uh, but he was talking about he's like well he basically said there's like two different kinds of racism happening like he 
they could be really malicious and like hateful and trying to kill you or they can just be kind of dumb and not really understand and what what did he what did he say he called it racially clumsy <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh racially clumsy is definitely definitely an apt term for a lot of what goes on here i don't know i i felt like as i was wa- particularly as i was watching the garden party but not just the garden party also the the whole interaction with the parents and everything all i could think and i i thought this the first time i watched it and subsequent viewings have only reinforced my absolute conviction every single one of those racially clumsy lines was lifted straight out of a meeting he had with some exec or a hollywood party or something like he had that. to in the commentary he talks a lot about just like you can tell like he's run into people oh, like for that sure. that are nice to him but they're just kind of like oh, oh shit he's black i better be uh, better be careful <laughs> like what what is that what is that oh oh like like uh ron burgundy and anchorman too black 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 <laughs> Just uncontrolled, like like racial Tourette's. So let's try. I don't know if this is gonna if this is gonna work very well, but let's try to kind of front to back this movie, and we'll we'll just talk about it, break it down as much All as right. we can. Yeah, let's yeah, let's start it. Let's start on page one, right on that opening what the, scene. <laughs> what the fuck is up with the Black Knight thing? Oh oh, that that was in the commentary. Because I okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna count this, and and I decided. I decided upon my second watching, I was going to be the dick who points out all the problems with this movie because there aren't a lot of them, but nobody talks about the problems with this movie. No, you can tell it's his first movie. It gets so much love and it deserves the love. Don't get me wrong. It absolutely deserves the love and it's a fantastic movie that I enjoy every time I see it. I watched it twice this weekend and thoroughly enjoyed it both times. But the Black Knight thing, it definitely feels like he was going for a, a subtext thing or maybe like creating a horror icon and it just fucking fell flat for me so what he said about that he said that it's a knight's templar helmet see i was kind of wondering if maybe that's what he was doing which it kind of falls into this these these people have this secret society it's essentially a cult yeah he talks about they talk about our order in the video but it is a knight's templar thing so i I have that question written makes a little sense like (laughs) is he going for a knight's templar thing if if he was i mean you know obviously he was i guess i specifically made the choice not to listen to the commentary because I didn't want to I didn't want to know the truth I wanted to talk about it and sort of talk out my opinions before I found out the truth instead I'm the dick who listened to the commentary and I know shit fuck you no it's cool it's good just let me vent my shit first and then correct okay me. okay because uh, yeah, I'm fine with being corrected but yeah the black knight thing it fell flat it fell flat for me <laughs> so I really like that actor that they got I can't remember what his name is to play but... the younger brother no uh the dad no the uh the the, the black guy that first gets oh gets oh yeah oh okay kidnapped. the first victim I, yeah I, I like him a lot he plays Snoop Dogg in straight out of Compton really pretty perfect casting doesn't look a whole lot like him but everything everything about him all his mannerisms in that movie were fucking perfect he's in it for so little time that i i didn't even notice that it was the same actor he's in another movie called dope which everybody needs to see watch dope it came out the same year as all the you know those you know that year of hashtag oscars so white <laughs> yeah it came out that year when they were last wasn't that last year a year or two ago i think i can't remember it was when creed came out so it was like 2015 oh okay yeah all right so yeah all these all these movies with black protagonists and lead black leads were getting snubbed and all yeah. the all the white people that worked on the movies were getting praised i'm like what the fuck dope was fucking great so everybody needs to watch dope okay. but he plays like a, a thuggy character in it and he's 
He's so fucking good. Like he needs more work. Yeah, he was really good in this. He plays a good a good white boy. Yeah, he he plays a good old <laughs> white guy stuck in the body of a of a young black man. Oh hey, spoiler alert by the way. Definitely don't listen to this episode if you haven't watched oh, the fucking fuck movie because no, that'll no. ruin the entire experience for you. I actually was going to comment on that. It was really great the first time I saw this movie because I knew nothing. I mean, I literally walked in like I said the first time someone said Jordan Peele is making a horror movie. I knew I was in, so I was like, all right. I don't want to know anything about this. So when I I sat down to watch it with my ex-girlfriend and and I had no idea. She had heard some stuff about it, but I knew nothing. So the whole time I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What is happening? What is wrong with these people? Why? What is what is this weird auction about? Are they going to turn him into a slave or something? Like what the fuck's happening? Then little rail keeps on screaming. They're going to turn him into a sex slave and shit. <laughs> and he got his own show right after Get Out came out. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. He was the breakout guy in this movie cuz the guy who played and I'm the worst with names, you know this. The guy who plays the lead, though, is a fucking amazing actor. He's real good, and I can't remember his name either. And, uh... He's British. But what's, cr- and, and what, yeah, <laughs> which is so strange because he's so British. Like when you hear him talk, he just, he just be like, he's so fucking British. And then, he, and then he's completely believable as an American. But yeah, it just another credit to his acting ability. And, and as good as he is, and he really does shine in this movie, the guy who plays Rob just immediately steals every scene, he, every scene they have together. He's good. We're moving on, moving on. All right, let's stop Poor. gushing for five seconds and actually talk about this movie. In the trunk of a car. In a white suburban neighborhood, by the way. Yeah. Now we get to we get to figure out like who he's we don't know who he's talking to on the phone. Is it the sister? It's probably not. He's probably actually meeting somebody in that neighborhood. No, I, I think the idea be, and I only caught this on my third watching. <laughs> I only caught this on my third watching. Milton from Office Space says when the guy's strapped in the chair and, and they're talking on the telev via the television, he says, You got lucky. I hear what is it, Justin? I hear I'll say it's Justin. I hear Justin's methods are a lot less pleasant or something like that. So the idea is that, you know, each of them kind of gets it. I think that's the idea is each of them kind of gets assigned a target. Jeremy. 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 There you go. Okay, Jeremy. He looks way different in his IMDb picture. I just scrolled right past him. Oh, yeah, I I imagine. (laughs) I imagine he doesn't look like such a child molester. He looks like an an emaciated uh, Heath Ledger is what I kept on. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in peace, Heath Ledger. I love you. I do. We, we all love Heath Ledger. Loved Heath Ledger. Posthumously. Posthumously, None of us yes. loved him when he was still alive. I liked him when he was still alive. Yeah, we liked him, but we didn't love him. But he hadn't played the Joker yet. Yeah, exactly. So, so all right. It wasn't, until we saw, it wasn't until we saw that that we were like, oh, this we're guy's... Like, Holy shit, this guy can fucking act. He's not just a teeny bopper comedy dork, even though he'd done other movies, but I mean, whatever. he'd done Brokeback Mountain, and he'd done... <laughs> Which was, it was, that was a good movie. I haven't seen it. So we're moving on to the second scene, well, the next scene where we finally meet Chris. Chris is his name, the main Chris, character. there you go. And his and his girlfriend, who I and they say it so many fucking times yeah. in the movie, you'd think I would remember. Don't like his girlfriend very much. I know she's an actress. She was on Girls, and that's the only thing. I think she's pretty hot, man. Like, and I she's like pleasant looking. Yeah, I, but I don't I'm know. Like, she's yeah. doing it for me. But you know what was yeah. funny is I was watching the bonus features, and in one of the bonus features, they had this Q and A screening. I watched thing. that. She's blonde, she's and she blonde. looked way better. I think totally lost all interest. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. Oh man. Yep. You and I, you and I are very different. I guess we are. I guess we are. But they're they're talking about going to her parents' place for the 
for the weekend. Chris is concerned because he's like, hey, did you did you tell them I'm black? You said I was the first black guy you ever dated. And she's like, understandably concerned. Yeah. I think. And she's like, she's like, sure. I told them, mom, dad, my black boyfriend is coming up for the weekend, which I thought was a really funny line. Because you, you, you get to see how cute they are together. Like they, they play around. And... Again, a line, you know, Jordan was ripped right out of Jordan Peele's actual life. <laughs> <laughs> he he talked a lot about on the commentary about how a lot of the lines were improv. I don't know if that was one of them, but especially with Little Rel, his that character. Oh yeah, he's like that guy can just you know I had him read my lines and then then just kind of let him do whatever he wanted. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess that's what you do with a guy like that. T.S. motherfucking A. Apparently he added that part all by himself. Speaking, speaking of which, you know T.S.A. workers fucking love that ending. Yeah, I know, right? That yes. is the last line of the movie. That is the that is the final spoken word of that movie, and T.S.A. workers must just jack off to it. <laughs> they don't get a lot of respect these days. No, they oh, do not. Man. No, they do not. So what happened after that scene? They're driving. They're driving in the car, right? That was the deer scene. Yeah, the deer and, and the cop and the cop. Ooh, the cop. Okay. Before we get to the cop, let me say this: they nailed that deer. Like, and I don't mean <laughs> with the car. I mean the filmmakers, who, whoever put together, because you know they didn't use a real dead deer for that scene. No, that, that was whoever, that was effects. Whoever yeah. built that effect did a fucking great job. Because I've seen a lot of dead deer and artists. I've seen a lot of artists' depictions of dead deer, and they they miss, a lot of the time, they miss that sort of wonky angle deer's necks go to when they're dying or dead. Oh. Have you ever noticed that? Deer's, no. dead deer, their their necks never sit kind of right. They always sit weird. I always, I always think of my dog when I see a deer. Because he kind of looks, he's a deer chihuahua. And like every every once in a while, I can, I can see the legs. I'm like, Is that oh, a real thing? Yes. A deer chihuahua? That's what, I've never heard of that like, before. Like, that's what Dooley looks like. What the fuck? <laughs> those, those little doe eyes and shit. That frothing, raging little yapper. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, dying to kill me any chance he gets. We're going to experiment with you. Biting actually. in my ball sack. By the way, I still have a tear in my pants. <laughs> he fucking sucks. We're going to experiment, and you're going to be the guinea pig, by the way. No, I am Oh, not. yeah. Uh, we're going to get him some CBD oil and see if it chills him the fuck out. Because <laughs> somebody said that they gave that to their dog, and it and mellowed it him out a little bit. Them out? Okay. So I'm gonna, we're gonna try. We're gonna see if, like, I want to, like, my 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 thought, my hope is that he'll like go to growl at you and be like, oh. And just <laughs> <laughs> I would, out. I would <laughs> take that over over violent mayhem any day of the week. <laughs> But at least we have Topper. Topper's, Topper's, Topper's aggressively a, sweet. Topper's a sweetie. He freaks the kids out. Like, he really? loves them so fucking much, but he jumps oh, and just, yeah. he's so big now, and he's... And they're so small. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> they don't like him very much. <laughs> like, but he's such a nice dog, and he's got he's gotten so fucking huge. Anyways, dogs. Hey, Chris has a dog. Yeah, it's and, been a few weeks since it's I saw him. adorable. Yeah, and he's topper. gotten... Rachel's like, he's only going to be 50 pounds, but he's already fucking 50 pounds. He's not done growing yet. <laughs> oh, my God. He is huge. Like, he's way heavier than, than the old dog. All right, let's move on before I cry. Dead deers. Fuck that deer. No, and don't fuck the Fuck deer. that cop. Don't. Yeah, that's the fucking cop. Well, I think the thing with the cop is just, it, it, it's not even about it's not even about race. Well, I mean, maybe for Jordan Peele, it is, I don't know what his commentary on it was. But it seems to me like it's less about race than it is about the sort of just automatic attitude cops have developed towards black drivers or passengers you know like like there's just sort of an automatic 
all right, uh, let's let's check your ID, let's check for warrants, like shit that they yeah, wouldn't right. pull on just a. I mean, I've I've been I've been pulled over the, by the cops like three times in my life, and it was always a very amicable experience, you know. And I've done I've done shit that I should have gotten pulled over for in front of cops. Right. I always get and, I always seem to get pulled over by these old fucking crotchety motherfuckers. So they're always nice, but they're always kind of mean. Also at the same time, like they have that they have that thing like you're young, go fuck yourself. I'm like, jeez. Like I, I've been honest with you. Yeah, I was speeding. Okay, that, that's just that's just what I, I did that. So I'm not gonna try to pretend like I didn't. Would you stop being a douche? But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's to me. That's what it seems like it's about. It's it's about just sort of that reflexive thing that cops do. Like regardless of what's going on, they just sort of feel like, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do this thing that that see that and and I think it probably seems like no big deal to them, and they don't realize that it actually is a big deal to a person to have themselves looked at in that way and yeah chris was gonna was gonna comply he was fine with it but his girlfriend said no she started a big argument because he wasn't driving you don't need to see his his id and you know later on we kind of realize why yeah it's a really it's a it's a really perfect and and i didn't come up with this on my own but it's a really perfect example of why you need to watch this movie a second time if you've only watched it once. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. All, every look she gives is like entirely, infinitely more devious than. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's a perfect example because because initially it seems like she's she she's the position in the position of being the white woman talking to the cops, so she can be a little salty if she wants to, <laughs> and she decides she's going to exercise this to defend her black boyfriend. But then later you realize, no, she just didn't want the cops to have a paper trail on him going out to her to her parents' house. It's a fantastic scene. There are a lot of great scenes like that in this movie. Yeah, the whole thing is really well written. I will, I will absolutely. Yeah, and like I can't. It isn't perfect, but at the same time, I can't. No, no. I can't be like I'm gonna I'm gonna nitpick that thing because I can't really because it's about as perfect as a first time movie is going to get oh, and especially today i mean we we don't live in the era of robert altman's and more recent things make me kind of cringe to say it but woody allen and um <laughs> some other some other director writers who really you know i mean there was a, there was a time where the auteur which is such a douchey word but i was gonna say it too but i decided to keep it to myself <laughs> but there was a time when when the writer director was really really had a position in hollywood and it did it is not today. the The writer director is not super respected like they used to be, and they don't have a lot of power like they used to. and And so, yeah, to see someone who 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 really pays attention to his craft is so fucking refreshing these days. There's so much in Hollywood that is just satisfied with being good enough, and I I think Jordan Peele really wanted to knock this out of the park. And because it's a low-budget horror movie, he got the opportunity to try. It doesn't fire on every single cylinder, but the the problems with it are nitpicks. I mean, like, even being the guy who's going to point out the problems today, <laughs> I, they're nitpicks. They really are. And Fuck this movie up. Rant. We get to the parents, and it's a really cool shot, by the way. He <laughs> Peel said he's like, I, I wasted like half a day shooting coverage for this fucking shot. And that, he just does the whole thing. And he just master. one take. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's perfect. That's good anyways. Oh, right. We meet Walter, right? Yes. The, I, 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 wrote his, okay. I, I wrote his name in here. It, it, it is Walter. And it kind of has one of those uh, uh, Shutter Island feels about it. You know, like he shows up, Leonardo DiCaprio shows up in that movie and people are just kind of looking at him weird. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like the the musical cues and the the slow take on his suspicious 
glance and it's all very ominous which again you know is part of is part of just the setting of the tone of the whole movie so it just feels incredibly ominous and portentous but you can't put your finger on why we we have no idea what's going on yet as far as we know these parents are nice overly nice hey my man what's up immediately overly nice hey my man (laughs) and and as what what was the term again racially clumsy yes racially clumsy there you go yeah it's Catherine keener and what is that fucking guy's name all i know he's i just know i just know him as the douchebag from billy me too me too and he was in the (laughs) cabin in the woods and shit oh yeah that's right bradley whitford fuck bradley whitford he's 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 really good in this yeah, he is, and he's one of those guys that, since I know him mostly from Billy Madison yeah. and stuff like that, every time he pops up in something more serious, I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, okay, but he can do why, it. Yeah, like, the initial reaction is always kind of, why would you cast him? And then he's good, and then I'm like, oh. like oh, I get it. Yeah, okay. And also, because while this movie is a horror movie, it's also a dark comedy. For Absolutely. Sure. And there's a lot of people, like, I'm, I follow some horror pages on Facebook, and they're like, well, why, why do you guys call it Get Out a horror movie? It's not a horror movie. And I look at him, and I'm like, are you white? The answer is usually yes. I'm like, well, then maybe it's not scary to you. Because <laughs> they're not after you. You're you're a fat white kid. Like, yeah, this is this is never something you're going to have to deal with. I don't have to worry about it. The stuff that disturbs me about it is the the implications behind everything. How fucking creepy these people have to be, and the fact that while something like this doesn't actually exist because brain transplants don't really work like that. As far as we as far know. as we know, yeah, there there's got to be people that are crazy enough to be like trying to make this stuff happen. I, I won't lie, I've met some weird motherfuckers in my life who <laughs> wouldn't surprise me to find out. Like if you told me after the fact and were able to prove it, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. So we get in the fucking house and he sees Georgina, right? Does he see her before they get outside? No, he sees her. He he meets her in the kitchen. Okay, yeah, yeah. And like, oh, hey, it's a it's a black family or a white family that has two black, <laughs> two black, black, two black servants, servants. I guess. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's so it's like, just, let's make it more uncomfortable. Let's let's dial up the discomfort. I, I will say that because um, I was watching this with my kids and my kids, of course, are very easily bored. And uh, this whole, would be one of those, I imagine. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, you know, like there's not and, and that it's because they were saying they're like. There's no horror. There's there's no horror going on. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, well, that's true. Like, there is a large chunk of this movie that has no overt horror in it. It's like a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. But what he does, which is which is kind of brilliant, is he manages to keep you on edge with the racial racially clumsy issue. He keeps you on edge with that with the racial tension. Even though nobody's doing anything racist. It's just, it's just like he said, like you, like he said, uh, clumsy. But it's so goddamn uncomfortable to watch that it provides this great edge of tension, even though nothing's happening. Yeah, I think without that first scene, that with that dude getting kidnapped and thrown in the trunk, you'd pro- you'd think this, you'd think something completely different's going on here. Well, I think that's why, especially in a story like this, a story that relies on tone so much, a story that is as as deliberately paced as this, which uh, fucking deliberately paced is going to be my goddamn catchphrase pretty soon. I mean, after Raw, I said it so goddamn. Many I know times. we we keep on we keep on bringing that up with the pacing of this movie. It needed that right out the, right out the gate. 
we needed that scene to open up the movie. Otherwise, it wouldn't feel like a horror movie at all. No, no, it you're right. It would just feel super yeah. fucking uncomfortable. But that kind of like signals you right out, right out the gate that this is a horror movie. There is something darker at play here. It's all just a question of what. And so it provides this great tension right from the beginning. Because so many movies, so many horror movies have the cold open with the, you know, somebody gets killed right at the beginning of the movie. 90% of horror movies start out with that and it's it's to the point where it's almost a hackneyed device but in this case it's 100% necessary to the tone of the movie to have that opener and I can't say that about every horror movie so I think it stands out as one of the times that took a trope that is overused and made it completely justified if I were to make a slasher movie I would absolutely have to have that opening kill scene because I enjoy those like yeah. that, that cliche thing no of, there's nothing wrong with yeah. them as long as they they contribute to the story in a meaningful way, which they do in some movies, but they don't in so many movies, you know? Oh, it wouldn't in mine. It would just be a thing. Well, it, I just want to have some blood and guts I to think, start the I movie. Think <laughs> your, I think your slasher movie, though, would probably be a movie where nothing was justified. It, it would just be like, it'd be, you're, you're, you'd be making it from the Lloyd Kaufman school. Of, oh, a little bit. Of slashers. So, so that would be, it would actually be tonally correct to make it have no weight to the story whatsoever. I will, I I will tell you. I'll go. I'll go through this. I have. I have two like opening scenes that I. I would love to fucking put together sometime. Uh huh. But it would take me forever. Oh, I, I thought have, you were about to outline them for I me. I have. I have Kevin Smith level verboseness when I'm doing <laughs> shit like that. So I need to not. How many unmade <laughs> scripts do you have sitting in your desk? None, because they're all in my what? head. Because writing is hard. What? It's more like I have this I'm concept. Dis- I'm disappointed. I was hoping you'd be able to bust out a script. Oh, for dude, me. I fucking wish. Like I, it's more like I have this concept. I need to find somebody to write it for me because it's a good idea, but I can't write for shit. <laughs> Did I tell you about that Craigslist yeah, that I found? Yeah. Fuck. The ghost writing yeah. thing. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> like K.A. Applegate had a bunch of ghost writers on the Animorph series, but oh, they that, all got credited within the book, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think. I'm not really sure, but that's I went... A, that's kind yeah. of unusual to have, a, to have a big series like that and actually credit your ghostwriters. Yeah, that is weird. At least they got paid, whatever. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, they always get paid. Like Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, uh, whatever. They always get... The ghostwriters always get paid. It's just a question of getting getting them some credit is unusual. Yeah. Supposedly, R.L. Stein wrote all those Goosebumps books. No ghostwriter. I've heard that. I've heard that. that which would be impressive if they weren't the kind of thing you could probably knock out in a weekend <laughs> he was he was also the head writer on eureka's castle why does that sound familiar what was that on it was a like a nick jr show with puppets that's yep yeah yep i think i saw that and they and his name was jovial bob stein that's how he was <laughs> jovial bob stein i love it Oh. All right, we will. I actually want to do some goosebump stuff at some point, so we'll 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 get way into that. So we're in the house. <laughs> we're in the fucking We've house. Made it into the we, house. We see the we see the house lady. They walk through and they like the dad says, "Oh, we like to keep a piece of the grandmother in in the kitchen." Did you catch that part? <laughs> there is yes. literally a piece of the grandmother yes. in the kitchen. <laughs> About a three pound, or, 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 no, it was like a one one point eight pound piece of grandma. Yeah, and it's never explained. Spoiler alert: How much of the brain actually gets put in into the the well, black bodies? Yeah, well, they they do make the comment about the part that connects to the central nervous system oh, okay, has yeah. to stay intact. But so yeah, but how much of that? Yeah, they don't really yeah. go into that. I mean, it's not necessary. It's not like fucking peels a goddamn scientist or anything. That's what's great about this because I love sci-fi 
that is able to make a convincing case for the sci-fi without drowning us in detail without over explaining it right and yeah. that's if i ever did a sci-fi thing i'm not that smart that's exactly what it would have to be that way because i don't know anything i don't yeah. know shit I, that's why it's so hard for me to write sci-fi i i try and i try and i try and i come up with ideas and then i can't write them because i don't know the science you know like i and i don't know enough to bullshit around i, know, I was gonna say make it up know. but at the same time make what up like i'm pretty good at bullshit but bullshitting science is hard because science is uh you know to use a different meaning of the word hard it's concrete it's not something that just floats around out there nebula it's not magic there actually is science behind things and <laughs> that's what makes it so fucking hard to write fucking science i think they did a great job of uh of, of bullshitting their way around the science and making it convincing because i was i never felt myself yeah like i never, I never felt my suspension of disbelief breaking. yeah i never doubted it for a second like okay it's 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 plausible it's fine yeah there are several scenes, though, where they are just sitting around a table talking, and they're all fucking creepy. Yep. <laughs> like, like it's bright and sunny outside, and they're just sitting there, and everything's just eerie. And You just feel like something horrible could happen at any moment. Yeah, something is going to happen. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting in a theater full of fucking white people the first time I'm watching this, <laughs> and it's so fucking funny to watch a movie like this in a just a room full of white people, because you just hear all the, like, are we, <laughs> are we, are we allowed to laugh at that? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure he intended that for at least some of you. Yeah. He wanted it to be uncomfortable for you. No, he did. He totally, he, he totally did. But he also, yeah, he want he, he wanted it to be, cause that's what he's doing. He's creating that tension. That's why, that's why those scenes work so well because of the tension he's created and he's making you uncomfortable to watch it. And I guarantee you black people are just as uncomfortable watching it as white people are. <laughs> Everybody's uncomfortable watching those scenes because they're fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> and they're so perfect. Like, I can't. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, that's when Georgina kind of glitches for a second. Well, before that, before that, I want to I want to comment on that, that initial living room sit down. Oh, yeah, yeah. The scene where Billy Madison guy <laughs> says, uh, so how long has this thing been going yeah, on? I'm just like, Ugh. like, oh, he just he just ratcheted up the tension by like three notches just by saying that. And, you know, black or white, everybody just cringed. Ugh. I was too busy watching people watch it. Like when, <laughs> when I was doing that, it was just so fucking funny. But yeah, you're right. I completely glossed over that. That's one one sit and talk, then two out in the out on the patio or whatever, and then immediately into and the thing with Jesse Owens and all, yeah. all, all that stuff. It's just all so well so well scripted and oh yeah, he he gives him the tour. That's right. Yeah, the I forgot tour, about the tour. The tour. But it's all it's all just scenes of people walking, sitting, and talking. That, that's all it is. Yeah, it's, and it's tense as hell. It's great. And I I fucking love that stuff. Like you don't need to be constantly overstimulated no it's, it's, so it, it's, i enjoy it's that. a great example it's a great example of writing just writing a good scene because because if you if you write the characters right if you write the characters correctly you just create this natural tension because there is just a natural tension there the dinner scene is especially where it starts to get super fucking weird yeah, with the brother. The brother is a psycho, and Peel explained it kind of like, okay, everybody's everybody's in on it, everybody's okay, except the brother seems like he's kind of rebelling, like he doesn't actually care if he gets found out. Like, he, he's just kind of himself. Even when shit starts happening, he's just the same dude who he was sitting yeah, at that he, table. Yeah, he, he clearly enjoys the cat, and he, he's the cat who enjoys letting the mouse go and then grabbing it again. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he tries he tries to fight Chris, and Chris is like, I don't want to, I don't play fight with drunk dudes. And then Catherine Keen gets probably one of the scariest things in the whole movie where she's just like hey 
I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. She, just just like okay. with just like with a look and a word, she just shuts him down and asserts her authority. She just she just has this lioness moment, and you're just like, oh, okay, so she's in control of this situation. Yes, someone right. someone's in charge, and it's none of the none of the penises. Yeah, <laughs> she's so great in this. I I love Catherine. I love Catherine Keener, but especially in this role, she's fantastic. I know I'm skipping over a lot, but that fucking hypnotizing scene just no. I I, oh. I actually I actually I actually had to had to make a note of that. That scene is masterful. And like I said, I watched it twice this weekend and the second time I didn't I wasn't just taking it in. The second time I was analyzing every shot and every single shot in that movie knows exactly what it's doing. There's a scene where the the scene where she's getting him trying to get him to open up about his mom and mm-hmm. stuff. It's tight on her and it's wide on him because he is pulling back. He's pulling back from her. He does he's not letting her get close and she's trying to get in close. And just the editing of that scene, everything. That scene is so fantastic. The writing, the performance performances the editing the sound everything everything about that scene is perfect that scene is like if you want to know how to write a great horror scene a great non you know like non-visceral horror scene study that scene that scene is amazing even me just watching it with the commentary today i'm still looking at it like even even as he's telling me exactly how they made the shot look the way they did yeah I'm like it's still so fucking creepy like yeah i, I like I am never letting anybody hypnotize me. No thank you. <laughs> Not after that fucking scene. But no yeah, way. like right, it, it's the cup. She's like, a, she it doesn't look like she's actually doing anything, but she's fucking getting him with that stupid yeah. teacup and the this, way she lulls him with her speech. And so, oh, it's it's fantastic. And I I mean, don't get me wrong. If you actually sit back and start thinking of it critically, it's very implausible that yeah, you could hypnotize work. someone like that. <laughs> but the scene totally makes you believe it because you have the, this extremely magnetic actress Catherine Keener playing this. And she's playing it with such certainty. And he's <laughs> the guy who plays Chris. Keep forgetting his name, but he's so great. It, oh, fuck. I could just gush about that scene for fucking ever. And I have I have the IMDB open so I can I can throw out some names. Daniel Kaluuya, who plays Chris. Plays Chris. Daniel Kaluuya. He is. Yeah. Are you sure that's a correct pronunciation? Is there any nope. potential ambiguity to that? That is probably. There's no pronunciation key or anything. <laughs> so. I have no idea, so I apologize if I'm wrong about that. Well, if, there, if there's any Daniel Kalawaha fans out there who are, uh, Kaluuya. Who are angry, Kaluuya. please send all correspondence <laughs> to go to facebook.com slash the shark pod. Or is it sharks across? I can never. Or you can just look over. up the shark pod. Don't be a fucking weirdo. Who goes Facebook.com slash anything? Yeah, just go these to days. Facebook and search <laughs> Sharks Across Hollywood. There you go. You can probably Google us now. We'd probably pop up. No, you do. I I uh, I, I Googled us the other day and from a private browsing window, by the way, so that Google, I wasn't logged into my account and they nice. weren't tracking what I was doing. And we're the first result now. Cool. See, that's that's good. It doesn't matter because nobody's looking at us. I should just start like graffitiing shit on the walls. <laughs> But if you go to if you go to iTunes and just look us up, we're the fourth one down. If you just type in the word sharks, really? Yeah, so oh, that's, that's cool. That's pretty awesome. I'm like, I don't know how the fuck that happened, but all right. Is it just mine because I keep on searching for it? Oh, or it could, that could be. I need to steal somebody's iPhone at work. Maybe I don't have an iPhone, so I don't know. Fuck you, you fucking. Never mind. I don't. I don't. I don't it doesn't really offend me. Let, let's alienate the Android <laughs> users here. Yeah. Fucking Androids. <laughs> Do you dream of electric sheep? <laughs> Uh, that's that that's that's uh that's a joke everybody i I love a good dick joke is that what an electric sheep is 
Philip K. Dick. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, the electric sheep is literally an electric sheep in that movie. <laughs> in that book. <laughs> there are no fucking electric sheep in the movie. No, that's why they changed the title. Fucking, well, at least they're not false advertising. Let's talk about Blade Runner for a little bit here. Let's not. That could fucking go. Ooh. We still got a lot of movie to cover. Okay. So after the hypnotherapy, we did skip over like a oh, the, the skip, smoking well, we scene. Skip, yeah, we skipped over the smoking scene, and I, and I okay that will that actually brings me back to one of my few beefs with this movie, which is the uh, the jump scare with uh, uh, what's her name hannah or georgina georgina that's right georgina i'll just do that whole thing from the beginning the jump scare with georgina is totally pointless which one the, are you are you talking about the one where she's like checking herself out fir- in the no, window no, i'm talking about the first one where she just crosses in oh, the background yeah. yep. that is a pointless jump scare and don't get me wrong the one where she's checking herself out in the window makes perfect sense and the scene where uh where walter comes running out of the darkness is great and makes perfect sense within the story it serves the atmosphere perfectly but having that jump scare there being completely pointless i feel is a minor misstep in an otherwise really excellent movie because, yeah that was a little weird you're right yeah it just it 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 it, it drags the scene down into the pointless jump scare morass which so many other movies get sucked into very very few of those there's actually there's not really that's probably the no, that's, least that's the yeah. only one it's the old and that's why it stands out so much upon rewatching. to me anyway is i fucking hate pointless jump scares it really irritated me upon rewatching. so that's it i'll stop i'll stop <laughs> ranting about that i just had to get that out of there because i'm being that guy today now the next day so now, he, yeah now we're at the yeah. garden party oh yeah no, not quite, are oh, we? Oh, no. Well, he, he has a dream and then... Well, the dream was the hypnosis. Oh, right, right. He wakes up and then, yeah. Yeah. And then he goes outside to start, like, taking pictures of shit. Yeah, and he has the conversation with uh, Walter. Yes, conversation with Walter. And he's like, oh, I think he likes you. That is very fucking creepy. Oh, she's top of the line. Like, hey, you're weird. A real... What did he say? A real keeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the fucking eyebrows. Whew. The way that guy plays that character is fucking bone chilling. <laughs> it is perfect, and I fucking yes. love it. It's all scary. It's very scary. If anybody talks to me like that, I, I don't like it. No. And people do talk like that. Yeah. yeah it's fucking weird. And it's Yeah, it's very off-putting. So he goes and tells his girlfriend, he's like, I think, is w- w- what's wrong with Walter? I'm like, he's like, is, is he fucking retarded or something? But that's not <laughs> what he asks. He's like, I think he has a crush on you. Like, he's pissed off at me because I'm with you and he wants to be with you. And <laughs> she's like, no. I, I got to say, she she plays <laughs> she plays that character so well. She's like, so you're saying I have a chance with yeah. him? Yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of disarming that she's the one who's kind of like... Uh, yeah, you're being kind of dumb, but you know, you're, you're allowed to be that way. You're just like, Hey, guess what? It's not happening. Yeah. Little, little do we know. (laughs) Peel says he's like, he's like, she's in a way like trying to help him figure out what exactly is going on. Well, I think that I think, I think they kind of, I think the whole family is kind of getting off on the game. Oh yeah. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any question about that. They're all enjoying this cat and mouse that they're playing. They just don't want to tip their hands too early. Right. Except maybe for the brother. Yeah. Oh, this guy. Now we're at, now we're at the fucking party scene. What was scene. his name again? Jeffrey? J-j-j. 
Jeremy. But we're at the garden party, and all these white motherfuckers are gawking at Chris, and he is getting even more uncomfortable than he was before. And I would, too. That's actually, that's how I feel when I'm at a party anyways. I feel like everybody's fucking staring at me, and I'm pretty sure, like, a lot of people feel that way. But in his case, everybody is literally staring at him, checking out the fucking merchandise. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, it's uncomfortable the first time you watch it, but then the second time you watch it, and you realize what their motivation is, and you realize they're just inspecting him like a piece of meat, it is... It makes it so much more disturbing. So, <laughs> yes. Oh God. I worried after the first time I watched this movie. I kind of worried that it wouldn't be as good the second time through. That I wouldn't enjoy it as much the second time through. Well, it's the exact opposite, isn't no, it? It's one I, of those. Yeah. If anything, if anything, I it, it just opened up a whole new layer to me of of the storytelling at play here and made me appreciate it just that much more. I think it's actually a better movie the second time you watch it. It's a different movie for sure. Mm-hmm. But when you watch it being informed, you see how good the crafting of the story is. I restate my earlier uh, assertion that Jordan Peele has definitely had these conversations in real life. Oh, he the ones at yes. the garden party for sure. I for know Tiger sure. Woods. Hey, you're black. I know Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, like it's so fucking awkward and awful. Tiger, best best fucking golfer. I'm like, well, yeah, but he's still a douche, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter at all. And then that woman with her old, like, geriatric husband uh-huh. in the wheelchair, and, and she's, she's just, feeling like... feeling up his arms, asking yeah. if it's better. He's handsome. Ooh, she's like, are you handsome? Uh, it's like, is it better? Yeah. And then everybody everybody gets uncomfortable. And then the black Ooh. is in fashion line. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's, it's just... <laughs> that scene is relentless. And then you're taken off guard by the blind fucking art dealer. I think it's a fascinating decision that... Jordan Peele made there to make the one guy who is instantly relatable and feels like the one guy who's actually he's all right and he's and he's got some stuff figured out and he's he feels like the safe space in this whole mess and to make him arguably the most sociopathic of them all at least in that in that final conversation where he just leans over he's like all right I'm done it's just fucking cold just cold blooded (laughs) He seems so relatable and so personable and then and and he's he, he's just this he's just this breath of fresh air after all that fucking awkwardness and then he turns out to just be a total sociopath. And he's also uh, Chris is a fan of his. Yeah. Which which makes so it even weirder. Double double bladed knife there. Yes. He he's already talked to the the black guy from the first scene hasn't he by the time he talks to the blind art dealer yeah he has he has a conversation he has that initial uncomfortable conversation with him he goes to shake his hand he goes he goes to fist bumping and the dude shakes his fist because that is totally i've done that before 100 percent accurate There's <laughs> i no... am i am the whitest person in any fucking room and i've i've done that that uh, it was that that's yeah. that scene that scene's another one that definitely needs to be rewatched because when you realize that he's an old white guy in the body of a young black man <laughs> you realize realize oh yeah no i totally see it now like it, the first time through it's just like what the fuck is wrong with this guy? like they brainwashed him or something like yeah. what happened no like there's clearly something wrong with it but you don't know quite know what yet i almost i was almost leaning towards like they just give black people lobotomies when i when i first watched it yeah yeah i could see that i could see that They'd be, they, i think they're a little more high functioning than i would have guessed but, well, yeah but but yeah I, i've I, only given like three or four lobotomies so i don't know <laughs> that's true of all all the lobotomies i give i don't get the chance to see him after Afterwards, I just, I just, I just stick the thing in their eye and rattle their brain. And it's just for profit. You just send them off to the customer. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck yeah. 
<laughs> but then then there's a, then there's a fucking Chinese guy, I believe, and he's like, "Is there is it?" What I is think he was Japanese, Asian. There is an Asian guy. <laughs> I think he had one of those names like Nakagawa or something like that. You're right. I don't remember. Let's let's do that again, so I don't sound so fucking weird. Oh, let's just. <laughs> why don't we just leave the weirdness? That way, we both sound weird. <laughs> Good. Uh, but he asked, uh, like, what are the advantages or disadvantages of being African American or whatever? Yeah. And then Chris was about to answer, but then he he turns to his name he's is Logan, black man yeah. too, blackman. Oh yeah, you're a blackman. You're a blackman. <laughs> and then he's like the the African American experience for me, has been overall positive or some shit yeah, like that. Pretty, pretty positive. I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely something fucked up going on. Yeah. And then he, he pulls out his fucking camera and takes the picture, and he's like, the flash. Have you ever done that and tried to take, like, a secretive picture and the flash was on? Because you're a fucking idiot. No. And it, I've done that. I don't try to take secret pictures. I'm too awkward for that. I know I'll fuck it up. The f- camera flash, like, dehypnotizes his black brain and he's like get out that's where the title comes from that's that's the title cell get out get out of here ah. well not just that but jordan, in, in the in the bonus features jordan peele says many times he says uh i always wanted this to be the kind of movie that you watch and you just say get out get, get out, out motherfucker yeah house. get the fuck out of the house essentially you everybody in the in the audience is supposed to be rel's character yes 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 basically get out, get out the fucking house i'm not gonna I'm not going to say it like him because he used words that I'm not allowed to use. But then Catherine Keener pulls him aside after he fucking freaks out and, and re-hypnotize him. And he's like, I'm okay. I think I owe everybody here an apology. Yeah. Like, motherfucker. <laughs> he's so good. He is good at it, too. And it's oh, so yeah. Yeah, so fucking sure. interesting. No, like, he, that guy's an actor. He completely gets into the character. There's no question about that. <sighs> and it's so fucking creepy. And this is where shit kind of starts to like heat up a little bit. Chris yeah, is, yeah. Cause, finally losing his goddamn mind and yeah. realizing like oh this is fucked we no, just need yeah. to, let's just get out of here let's just fucking go and then of course the, oh then of course he um he calls he texts rob the picture and they find out that it's a guy that they know oh yeah then then he's like well it's time to yeah then he's like yeah. I, something's wrong i gotta get the fuck out of here and that's when we also see the the auction happening and you're just like what the fuck why are they playing bingo that's not how you play bingo what the fuck yeah, it starts. It starts. <laughs> it starts off kind of looking like some kind of weird, very awkward bingo game, and then they pull back, and then it it very obviously is an auction, <laughs> and all sorts of horror just floods you. Like, what the fuck are they auctioning? <laughs> and then then you see his picture finally, and just the audience collectively goes, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then he's he's like oh, he's talking to his girlfriend. We need to get the fuck out of here. I mean, I I'm gonna get out of here. And she's like, without me. He's like, I don't know. Do what you want. That scene plays really well because on the surface it looks like just boyfriends making the ultimatum. Girlfriend's not on board with it, and and feels bad that he's making this decision without her. But ultimately, it's just a manipulation scene where she's manipulating him into sticking around long enough to play out the game. Yeah. Then she she eventually agrees, right to. Because now Chris has been sold to the blind guy, by the way, at this point. The yeah. most relatable, sympathetic <laughs> character at that party just bought Chris. He wants his eyes because he doesn't have the eye. That's why he can never be a photographer. That's why he had to be a blind art dealer. So he, I imagine he wasn't always he blind. bought Chris for 10, which I have to assume means million. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. You're just kind of left to wonder. Ten somethings. He's like, okay, you get the keys, or get, you know, she's like, I'm gonna get my bag, and then the little door. This door has been like hanging open in there in the room that Chris and uh, and now his girlfriend we is, come yeah. to the last nitpick of the story. Oh, okay, here we go. That door hanging it. open makes no but fucking sense. It does if you if you continue to think like, oh, they kind of want to get caught, 
and it's even then, fun it do, for them. even then, it doesn't make sense for her to have left it open as early as she did, which is like the night before. If he'd have found those photos, he'd have been out right there, and it would have been too late. It well, would have been too late for them to play out, maybe. or excuse me, too early for them to play out their game. He would have totally been out if he found those pictures. Yes, but she already she'd already hypnotized him at that point. No, she no, she no, had not. She had right. not hypnotized nope. him, so she didn't have the power yet, and she left that fucking door sitting open. <laughs> That's the nitpick. If she left it open later, <laughs> then it would have made sense within the realm of the game. But leaving it open that early, before the hypnosis happens, before they've had a chance to secure him to, to secure the bids in the auction and stuff doesn't make sense for her to leave that door open that early especially with that box sitting right on top of everything with the pictures just like three pictures down it suddenly turns into pictures of her with black dudes when she's told him he's her first black boyfriend that is a giant gaping anus of a plot hole okay well that aside it's still a creepy reveal but again (laughs) it is admittedly a nitpick because it doesn't really detract in the sense of your enjoyment of the movie yeah so he's pulling pulling all these pictures apart like like you know holy shit she's dated black guys and one black girl by the way because you see pictures of her with walter and georgina oh yes that is a hot hot scene i would like to i would like to have gotten in on not at the same time i wish i'd i'd pay to see that (laughs) but yeah now now he's like okay get the keys and let's get out of here we'll we'll just can't find the keys okay cool he's finally taking charge after the whole fucking movie of him just bitching up by this point it's too late he's he's awkwardly smiled his way right into that chair (laughs) the chair and and we get downstairs and she's like i can't find the keys i can't find the keys he's like give me the fucking keys and she pulls the keys right out of her fucking purse and she's like you know i can't give you the keys right now it's fun for her yeah now it's even more fun and her she, she has a complete character shift she's no longer the the cutesy bubbly chick that we have been hanging out with the whole movie now she's like really put together really organized really white bread like the rest of her fucking family and i will say this this isn't a nitpick because i don't think from a writer's standpoint or a director's standpoint it was the wrong move to make but it did take me out of it a little upon rewatching that she suddenly becomes so coldly sociopathic when she's so warm and relatable early in the movie it's that i have a hard time believing that a normal person is that good of an actor for the long game where her sociopathy didn't come out earlier. You know, and again, like I said, it's not something that isn't believable if you really think about it because somebody who really is like a hardcore sociopath who's doing this kind of thing, it would make sense that they... Uh, and, and he is clearly 10 seductions in or something like that like she's done this a lot right she's she's experienced so it does make sense when you step back and kind of think about it but in the moment while i was watching it i was kind of like she just turns too cold and psychopathic you know she's just too hardcore to be that relatable for that long she maintains her the illusion by murdering kittens and burying them in the backyard Yeah, probably. Every every time fuck, she feels it she coming is, on, she's like, she's got to, ah! She is a maniac once she, tur- once yeah. she turns it on. There, there, there's one moment scary. at the end I want to talk about because it's really fucked up and really weird, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get to that. Okay, so. Because the movie is about to actually turn into a horror movie yes, now. This is the point at which it becomes a real horror movie. <laughs> and it's, it's actually fucking scary, even if you're not black, just so you know. Yes. So the the brother tries to fuck him up a little bit, and then they're like, nope. And the mom's mom like, just like, ding, ding, just, hypnoto- yeah. hypnotized, and he's out. And then he wakes up in the chair. The fucking chair in this really sterile-looking fucking game, game room. room. Yeah. Yeah. Which is such a strange choice of motif 
for the room you're going to have this all go down in. Yeah, it is kind of weird. But then the TV pops on. And yeah, he's sitting right in front of a TV. Like, my grandma had a TV like this yeah, in the fucking living room. One of the, one of the, one of those 1950s console sets. And, yeah, it's like built into a wooden cabinet thing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, called, it's called a console. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Well, uh, that's my console, my flat-ass TV over there. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's a piece of furniture. It's not just a TV. I it's want cr- one of those so bad. By it the does way. look kind of cool. <laughs> but it's Grandpa, who is now in Walter's body, giving an advertisement about the coagula, right? Basically Behold telling Chris. the coagula. Yes, and it's very cult-like, by the very, way. Yeah, very cult-like. If they ever did a sequel to this, because they, they did it with Hostile 2, right? They followed more closely the people behind yeah if they know the if, if they, they did a sequel if they do a sequel they definitely have to get into the the order that's the only way i'd want to see a sequel i don't want to see this movie again no absolutely not but i'd be down if they wanted to do a sequel like that but you know I, I i i have to say i think jordan peele understands that about horror he gets that if you're gonna if you're gonna do something like that you have to escalate and so you yeah. have to tell the bigger it's like the purge the original purge is this very small story but then the second one had to be a big story it had to tell the larger story about what's going on in the community it couldn't focus on this tiny bottle and i still have not made it there i saw the first one i still have not seen any of the other ones the second well, one's behind. really good that's I, what i heard, I, I heard I'm, yeah. a, I'm a huge fan of both of them which i know the first one mixed reviews first, it, yeah. it gets very mixed reviews which honestly i don't get i thought it was okay i thought it, i thought it was damn good but yeah the second one does exactly what a sequel is supposed to do which is tell the larger story escalate things move it into a make me care more make the story bigger and and it does that and i and i think jordan peele understands that that's what you have to do with a horror sequel you have to tell the bigger story you can't you can't just tell that tiny story again it has to it has to get ratcheted up a notch god i'm excited i'm excited at the prospect of that even happening that'd be kind of fun i'm into it bring it home uh where the fuck were we oh she the chair the chair and the coagula they keep on making him pass out like they're just fucking with him at this point we're just waiting well they said it they said that it was um uh psychological condition pre-op yeah it, psychological it like pre-op, pre-op that's right so they're just making it easier for him to go into the what do they call it oh for fuck's sake the sunken, the sunken place. place good lord i am having a hard fucking time which it, which has that great visual again you know credit to a, a real movie nerd he, he knew that you had to make that a visual thing so fucking scary. Catherine Keener saying like, "This is your sunken place." I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I thought she was hot for a while, and now I'm like, now she's fucking terrifying. Yeah, she is so scary. You know what else is scary? Those creaking fucking floorboards. We started a little late, so this is this is this is on me. I, I apologize <laughs> to the so you will hear some floorboards creaking and maybe some kids squealing and doing dumb shit upstairs. But we're almost done, so it, it'll be okay. Coagula chair teacup they're conditioning they're conditioning him they're 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 doing the pre-op we see the we see the operating room too at this point which again is very visually interesting yeah the, the way they the way they laid it out with the he called it his cronenberg with the masking set. off the top of the skull and which stuff. is fucking gross by the way jesus christ but what a great visual <laughs> yes no it, no it really it does the trick i'm like oh hey now i'm sufficiently disturbed because that just fucks me up because you have to be a awake during brain surgery and that is an awful thought just kill me just fucking kill me i don't even i don't even know i don't i don't want brain surgery just shoot me in the head there's my brain surgery fuck oh oh god that fucking scary okay anyways then the brother has to go and get him they sort of mitigate they sort of mitigate the horror of that by not having him be awake and i feel like for that scene they treated the not necessarily all of the gore that happened 
because of course there's the stabbing scene with the deer antlers and stuff <laughs> but that particular scene the gore is done in a very classical mm-hmm. way in, in in that everything is kind of left to your imagination yeah this you is know not a clearly, blood and guts kind of movie it's nice yeah you know exactly what's happening but they just give you enough to paint a picture in your mind that is so much more horrifying than what they might have painted on screen for you. And I don't know, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I fucking love over-the-top gore effects. No, they can be very fun, but <laughs> but that, I also appreciate subtlety. Well, I don't think fun is what he was going for. No. He was going for tension. He was going for horror. And in that sense, yeah, leaving it to the imagination, I think, is is probably the smart play on that. Have you guys ever seen attempted murder with a bocce ball? <laughs> That's what they're called, bocce balls. <laughs> I was trying to remember that earlier today. Oh, and how he how he actually makes that happen. Which this... And this has been gone into yeah. in, at length uh, yeah. already by many, many people. But, I, yeah, we the, have to mention. Yeah. We have the to irony mention. of the, the cotton in the chair being what saves him. Yes, black because, guy picking cotton. Yes, Jordan Peele did that yeah. on purpose. He said it, so it's not... So, you know, <laughs> so he so yeah, he scratches those holes in the in the arms of the chair, and cotton starts to come out, and he picks it out and stuffs his ears so that the hypnosis can't take. And then he fucks up the brother. I don't think anybody in that audience was was anything less than elated to see him take that bocce ball to the <laughs> I head. Know. Fuck yeah, that mm, yeah, yeah, fuck that dude. Yeah, and then me then he stabs the fucking dad with the with the antlers. Yes, another very satisfying moment. It was it was very nice, and then he finally and he gets upstairs, and the fucking brother is not dead, even though you see him laying there in a pool of his own blood with his eyes wide open. But that's yeah. Okay. Well, no, I mean he's you know it's a little bit of a stretch, but it is believable. I mean I've seen people bleed from head and and head wounds bleed like a motherfucker. Well, yeah, watch wrestling. You'll you'll fucking and, all that blood is real, just pouring and, down. And their so faces. to and so to see someone bleeding severely from a head wound and just be stunned, it's it's not out of the realm of believability. I don't think they stretched it to the breaking point. I will say, of all the kills, though, none of them was quite as satisfying as Catherine Keener's kill, which, of course, she stabs him in the hand with a, a fucking letter opener or Ooh, something. Ooh, that, yeah. And then he fights her back with it and turns his hand around and stabs her in the eye with it, with the letter opener, which is just great. Gross and fucking awesome. Yeah. That fucking thing where he stab, gets stabbed in the hand, ugh, that is a fear. That is yeah. a fear I have. That sounds awful. Yeah, I'm Ooh. with you. I'm with you on that one. I don't like the idea of being stabbed in the hand. Ugh. They they fucking they drew blood out of my hand once at the doctor. That f- ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, that was that was rough. I I don't I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Yeah. But, uh, but it, it's a great visual. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it it did the trick, man. Now, how did he kill the brother? He he tricked him into like kicking the door closed. Yeah, that, that was that third time. And that was that was a great that was a great moment because they had the conversation about him outthinking him, even though even though he's physically stronger. Mm-hmm. And so he had him in this headlock, and it was very clearly going to be a situation. Where, I mean, we've already seen him use this move to knock out a strong, you know, a, a big strong guy. A superior gen- a superior a, a guy, genetic, a, man, a man of superior genetics. Superior yes. genetics, yes, there we go. So we know it's coming, and yet he's kicking this door closed every time he tries to open it. So using the uh, thinking ahead motif, he gets that door open, gets him to kick it shut, and then stabs him with the fucking letter opener right in the knee, which fucking hurt to watch. Just, oof. 
that that's also a thing. Like yeah. the knees. Mm. That seemed like a horrible, horrible way to get stabbed. Not that there are great ways to get stabbed. I mean, there aren't there aren't a lot of stabbings that I'm like, yep, that's the one I want. <laughs> oh yeah. And then how does he actually kill him? Does he like cut his throat? I can't. Stomps I, his head in. Oh, that's right, dude. I I'm, I'm having such a fucking hard with his, time with remembering his big this ass. Shit. What are those Timberland boots? Yes. I mean, there <laughs> yeah, there's like some there, there's some bulky boots he's got on with some with a good hard heel, and he stomps the shit out of that yes. guy. Yes. So they're all they're all fucking dead. Finally, so you get two satisfying kills on that guy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very nice. You're, you're very happy once that guy fucking bites the dust. And then we see now, uh, now the fun really starts. What's her name? Rose eating her cereal like a fucking maniac, <laughs> keeping the white and the colored separate. <laughs> See, see what I mean? A completely different fucking character. <laughs> she's and she's drinking her milk daintily out of a straw. Like, what the fuck? Is she six? That that whole and while searching for uh, well, what NCAA star, NCAA top prospects. Yes. that was what she. That was what she was searching. Oh God, you kind of laugh at that because it's 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 funny and disturbing all at the same time. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's one of the it's one of the I th- I feel like the laugh is a tension laugh. Oh yeah, it's a oh, tension yeah. laugh. It's not uh, <laughs> you're not laughing you laughing because it's so wacky. Well, now watching it like the second or third time, you're just like, huh? but the first time you're like, um. <laughs> Yeah, this is okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what now? Everybody's dead, so she's gotta she's gotta get it. So she she makes she ends up going downstairs for some fucking reason, dude. I I don't well, even remember. She see, this I point. think she sees him hit grandma out the window. Oh yeah, fuck fucking grandma. And then he has the moment of conscience because of course we he's built up at this point that he didn't he didn't save his mom he when he feels like he could have saved her so he goes out and rescues Georgia Georgina excuse me Georgina. Hey, wrong move by the way. Yes. You ruined my house. Don't fuck with a woman's house. And then she, of course, runs the car into a into a tree. Now she's dead. Now she is dead. About fucking time. Crazy old crazy old bitch. Which, of course, only happened because it, it was a retro muscle car from the 80s and didn't have airbags. <laughs> yep, yep. Then there comes fucking Walter to come kick his ass. Well, of oh course, wait, she's no, sniping. Rose. She's sniping yeah. first. Which, Rose is sniping him. Which is was foreshadowed nicely by the line earlier. When they were talking about going to her parents' house for the weekend, he's like, I just don't want to get chased off the lawn with a shotgun. <laughs> and now she's the one fucking chasing him around with the goddamn gun. I did not make that connection until you said it. Thank you for that. Oh, now I'm going to enjoy that line even more. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Like He he did all this. He knew what he was doing. Good writing. Good writing. <laughs> Set up and pay off. Set up and pay off. And then Walter has Chris on the ground, and Chris does the does the flash bulb thing again. Yeah, so Walter gets Chris pinned, and then and then his only recourse is uh, is to flash him and bring bring back Walter's original inhabitant. Rose comes up with the gun, and he's like, "Let me do it!" Ah, so he grabs the gun and, and shoots her in the fucking stomach. Good, right in the gut. And where and we're very happy about that. Right where Tim Robbins got shot and. Reservoir dogs. Also, also very scary. Yeah, that 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 looks like a painful pl- way to get shot. Yeah, I'm not so into it. I let's just keep the guns packed away, guys. And it comes out like right through her fucking spine. Ew! Like it was dead center that shot. Oh man! And then he blows his own head. Yeah. Off. Now we we think Walter's gonna like turn the gun on Chris because he's does, just it sick does of everybody's like shit. That. Yeah. <laughs> but then he shoots himself, which I don't want to live in the sunken place either. So yeah, I wouldn't want to. I get it. Nope. But you just kind of you just kind of missed out on a on a fucking great comedy by him being dead. You know the the old man and the and his actual personality just fighting out fighting each other. <laughs> like I want to eat mashed potatoes. No, I want to eat fried chicken. All that shit. Wait, what? What do white people eat? I don't even know. 
Everybody eats fried chicken, dude. That's true. Fuck. I'm upset that uh, that 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 that's a racial stereotype for black people because I've never met a white person who didn't love fried chicken. Me neither. That's true. Except except vegetarians. Okay, like like there's vegetarians. But yeah, but are they it. are they human? It's debatable. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's alienate a huge swath of the audience here. <laughs> Fucking pussies. Fucking vegetarians living with cruelty free. Fuck you, hippie. I mean, I kind of want to fuck some of you, but it's not because you're a vegetarian. It's because you're a hot lady. Hotter than us who eat all the greasy fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Okay, now now we're gonna get to the point that I that I wanted to wanted to bring up, which in any other movie this would just give me a fucking raging boner. He goes back and he, he starts choking Rose, right? Chris is like, I'm not leaving this bitch alive, so he starts right. choking her. Of course. And then she's like, uh, 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 right? And then she starts smiling. Yeah. She's she's into it, but she's not into it sexually, which is why I didn't have a boner the whole time. Just like for a couple seconds when she started smiling, and then I'm like, oh wait, wrong movie. <laughs> But it's because she's like, ah, I've, I've fucking gotten to him, man. That sociopathic part of her personality comes out, and she's yeah. like, ha She's a real psychopath. I'm not going to win, but at least I'm I'm winning in this way. He's I've, I've got him to fucking murder me. But then he's like, you know what? Never mind. Because who shows up? Fucking we think it's a cop. And yeah. she's like, help me, help me. And it should it should be uh, stated. It should be stated in the original ending. It was a cop. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you not watch the alternate ending? Oh, I did not watch the alternate yeah. ending. In the original ending, it was the cops and he did kill her. And it was the cops Ooh. and Chris went to jail. Nice. Oh, that would be a fucking downer for such a. Well, that's the that's the thing, yeah. though, is um, and this is this is the only thing I did watch the commentary on. Be- so because it was an alternate ending, not the actual ending that we got, I felt like it was worth watching the commentary because I wanted to I wanted to know why he didn't go with that ending and I think he explained it really well he said he originally wrote the story when Obama was in office and before the before the election happened you know and then this movie came out in uh, uh, 2016 I think didn't it come out in 2016 like near the end 1516 I really I'm pretty sure don't it was, I'm pretty sure it was 2016 which of course was with the whole election thing and 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 he said basically like there was a cultural shift where when Obama was elected there was what he refers to Jordan Peele refers to as the post-racial lie oh yeah 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 I heard him mention which, that yeah which is you know the idea that well now we've had a black president so racism doesn't exist anymore <laughs> And of course, racism was simmering under the surface, which became frighteningly obvious oh, hey, guess in what? 2016. <laughs> and so once that happened, once that shift occurred, he said, I wanted, he, he, he was like, I wanted to address the issue of the post-racial lie. He said, but when it became really obvious that that did exist, I didn't need to point that out anymore. And then that, <laughs> at that point, I wanted him to go out as a, I wanted him to be a hero at the end. And so he didn't kill her and he didn't go to jail. He was, he was triumphant. In the final scene, at least in the final scene, we don't know what the fuck's going to. Yeah, happen I mean, afterwards. I mean, who the fuck knows what happened nine months down the line? But in the final scene, he was triumphant. I mean, his fingerprints and DNA are all over that car. Well, even though just... the house burnt down, you know, the car, the car is still a, a giant scathing indictment. <laughs> but he has, he has his best friend, the TS motherfucking A. That's true. That's true. And that was, and that's how they ended it. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it ends with this triumphal moment. I'm a TS. Motherfucking A. <laughs> and he handle shit. He's amazing. I love that guy. this shit. Handled, handled. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and TSA workers across the country just just pop boners and lady boners. This movie came out in 2017, by the way. It's on IMDb. Oh, my mistake. We both suck. 15. I, I, I'm really I, fucking I am behind. Sorry. But suffice to say, yeah, it, in 2016, when they first started making the movie, you know, that the, was when this whole shift was happening. and 
And then this weird thing happened where everybody, all these white people, think they can be racist now. It's okay. I don't know what I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I have no. I have no. I couldn't possibly have been anything that I could point my finger at. Yeah. I actively avoided talking too much about politics in this episode. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> we avoided that. Uh, yeah, you don't need to. It's Obama so, for a third term. It's so fucking. <laughs> it's so fucking obvious at this point. It's so everywhere. Jesus. Yes, you can appreciate this movie no matter so, I, what yeah, color you are. But I, I mean, that's why that's why Peel didn't feel the need to point out that racism was lying under the surface because it came became so fucking apparent Ugh. overnight. I mean, it was, like, it, it was almost it wasn't overnight, but it felt like to a lot of people, to a lot of uh, to a lot of white liberals in particular, I think, which I you know I, to a degree I am. It seemed like it came out over. It, it just happened overnight it didn't no it absolutely <laughs> didn't but it seemed like it did yeah to no, a lot I, of people and i i include myself in that group yep i was watching it the whole time and i was i was a little oblivious to it too but now we're talking politics i don't want to do that i don't want to do it i don't want to do it i can that we can go nope. for no, hours fucking no, hours no, i have no, no, no. I, have I, I don't have mouth. that in me today dude <laughs> i am already emotionally drained from all the personal shit i've been going through today yay and i didn't even bitch about stuff oh shit <laughs> all right well hey um i think i think we can both our final thoughts on the movie or go watch the fucking movie if oh, you haven't seen absolutely. it. absolutely don't just watch buy it. the blu-ray buy man it. yeah buy it whether you buy it digital or physical just contribute to this movie financially we want to see quality pieces of work like this get made we Ghost, want, i want to yeah. see i want to see jordan peele getting movie after movie after movie after movie i want to see what he has to what he has to say what he has to contribute to the horror lexicon yes because it's go see us checking out go see us and Definitely. then when he makes another one go see that go see too because it's it's probably so far he's two for two as far as i can see you know he's got an entire television series that he was that he was at least i'm not going to say he was 50 percent because there was a writing staff but he was you know yeah. he, he was a massive influence on that on that tv show and now he's producing the twilight zone and and something i am super excited about you may or may not be aware of he's producing uh, an adaptation of a novel called uh called lovecraft country that is just one of the best books that i read uh in the last few years and as soon as soon as as soon as i heard that he was making it i was like fuck yeah that is exactly the person who should be making this <laughs> into into a tv series what it is is the novel it's not a novel proper in that it's one continuous story from start to finish it's a collection of short stories all based around related characters ah. and it does follow a sort of a rough timeline forward through uh the pre-civil rights uh chicago but it's all tinged with cosmic horror so it's kind of it, it's it's kind of like uh it, yeah it, it, it's all about black people every <laughs> I'm pretty sure every character in it is black. I was really surprised to find out that it was written by a white guy because oh. it's written so totally believably. He just wanted to make up for Lovecraft being a racist fucker. Pro- yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> because, I mean, that's kind of like the greatest frustration for fans of Lovecraft, I, among which I I include myself i'm a huge lovecraft fan but the racism thing is just a bummer you know like like was it was it blatant or was he just like these dark things no the racism in lovecraft is really obvious yeah it's really obvious like like because he's because his his horror deals with fear of the unknown and there's nothing more fear of the unknown than fear of other races it's so useless. Why, why waste your energy on that, everybody? No, I completely agree. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, I was at, I was at my brother in law's birthday uh, last weekend, I think it was, and his mother asked, kind of asked the table, you know, like as a conversation starter, if you could, 
if you could uh, have lunch with any one person, living or dead, and ask them one question, what, who would it be and what would the question be? And I really gave it some, you know, it's a throwaway question, you know, that, peop- that people like to throw out there. But I actually gave it some thought and I thought, yeah, you know, mine would be Lovecraft. And I'd ask him what, how he felt knowing that as beloved as his work has become, there's also a certain segment of the audience that he will never be able to reach because of his racism. And uh, yeah, I would I would be interested to know how he feels how he fe- how he would feel about that with the ad- with the advantage of uh, of retrospect. And he's like, well, Cthulhu's black, and he's a main character. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it would be some justification shit. You know, maybe that's all he'd have to say. I don't know. Well, judging by how how many white all these racist people respond to things, oh, you just don't get it or whatever. At the, just at, kidding. at the same at the same time, you know, there's so much racism beneath the surface of white America and especially historically, maybe he actually wasn't that much more racist than the other people around him. I don't know. Maybe nope. he actually would have come around if he'd lived through the civil rights era. You know, he was virulently anti-Semitic, but he married a Jewish woman. That's fucking weird. Yeah. I know. He, I heard that he was doing a remake of Candyman too. We talked about this. Yeah. At oh, some point. No, he, he would be great to do a re- like, like, I'm I think not, he's just producing it. I'm not, he's not stoked on the idea of a Candyman remake necessarily. I think it'd be fine, but but yeah, like if someone like Jordan Peele's involved, could be great. Could be. Fingers crossed on all this shit. I don't really care. I, I don't have a lot of investment in Candyman. No. I ju- I'm just kind of against remakes across the board. The but, first movie's fucking scary. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I watched it back I watched it back in the nineties. Okay. Tony Todd Tony Todd's great. I mean he's I, I'm my all, favorite. I think everybody <laughs> everybody who loves horror is gonna have a soft spot for Tony Todd. We should watch Hatchet. Fucking love Hatchet. I've never Tony watched Todd Hatchet. And Tony Todd's in all three of them, I think. Is he? I've never, yeah. I've never, I've never seen that. Oh shit! Either. There's four of them now. Adam Green. Chill I'll the have fuck to check out. him out. Didn't Kane? Didn't Kane Hodder uh, play yes. the killer in Hatchet? Yes, he did. So that's this is full of horror icons. It's yeah. great. I, I know it's got a reputation. I it, it's just it, it never pops up on a streaming service. So I never. No, seen it. it doesn't. I have the first one on DVD. I'll have to check it out. And I think the second one too, but I've never seen the third one or the fourth one. So I'm like, where's my box set? Scream Factory. We're done, everybody. All right. So, again, go see us. See Get Out. Buy it because it's fucking awesome. Definitely. We'll be back next time. The, ne- the we're, we're doing another movie tie-in. We're going to do Pet Cemetery because that movie is also coming out oh, soon. Oh, fuck. And I'm reading the book. so That I is a remake I'm actually kind of looking forward to. Yes. Me too. And I, I, have, I have some stuff to say. You'll make fun of me, but we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll see so hey fuck i had a i had a good sign off and i totally forgot what it was <laughs> but hey if you want to come visit us on social media and see us not post anything which i've been trying a little bit you can follow us at the shark pod on instagram facebook and twitter and if you feel like giving us money because you know we're both broke i bought a new car i destroyed the new car i didn't destroy it i just I, that, that that's part of my part of my crazy two weeks but I did buy a new car. This is new to me. <laughs> and our water heater broke. And my other dog keeps on eating my other dog's collars. <laughs> so we need some money. So that's give some us some pass- money. That's some passive aggressive <laughs> territorial shit is what that is. <laughs> He's just a shithead. You can go to patreon.com slash sharks across Hollywood. Give us money. We're sad. Please, sir. I want money. I'm not doing a British accent. Anyways. Please, sir. <laughs> I'd like some cash. Yeah, there you go. All right, everybody. Until next week, stay jawsome.